The tributes and the fairy tale try went to the man, the player of the match went to the Mac. It's time to start harping on rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to Harping on Rugby, where with the help of some fellow fans, I get the chance to harp on what's going on with Leinster, Ireland and the wider rugby world. Well, we've nobody earning their 100th Harping cap today, but uh, when speaking in terms of pot appearances, you could say our lineup features a perfect blend with an experienced campaigner and a quality prospect. First up, making his 41st con- contribution is Mr. Leinster Royalty himself. Hello to Mr. Tom Coleman. Evening, Jeff. And evening, Jay. How's it going? Good to see you. And uh, here for his tricky second cap after a strong debut back in July, looking at the under-20s. Welcome back to Mr. Jay Long. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Back, to, I guess. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Good to see you. Right, gents. We're going to kick off with a feature we call the Front Five, where we pick out five eye-catching, eight-chasing quotes and links from around the rugby sphere and offer a few quick thoughts. Beginning with yourself, Tom. Your first article is from the UK Independent, and um, it's written by Imogen Ainsworth. And the headline is, well, we've all been talking about it, haven't we? So we might as well. Uh, What's next for Owen Farrell? Red card hearing explained after appeal. You only want a minute on each of these, don't you? Uh, If possible. (laughs) If possible. (laughs) Because I was was actually listening to an English uh, rugby pod that I listen from time to time. And they spent 30 minutes talking about this, about Owen Mm. Farrell and the whole... So, like the shortened version, it is obviously you know you'd, you'd you'd want to be living in a cave, not to realize he's been brought back up again for 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 the the infringement against Wales. Uh, no surprise. Look, you, there's no point in rehashing this. Every man and his dog thought it was a red card, and which 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 the the bunker review gave on the day. And ninety nine percent of people that I know or seen online was surprised that that. Uh, Farrell got let got got off. Even even George Ford let it slip. He was surprised he got off. Um, but he's been brought back into the dock. I suppose from a rugby point of view, uh, I, I, the only thing I'd say is it's interesting. I don't know when Kings Councils or Queens Councils, whenever they were, were sort of the the thing when when that started as a thing to bring in because I think he sort of got off on a bit of a technicality. Um, at the end of the day, you'd wonder what World Rugby have to do. You know, on a general point. Uh, the referee on the day thought it was a yellow card, upgraded to a red, and then there was a second set of people who were experts in rugby and thought it was a red card. As far as I'm concerned, that's it. You can come and plead your case and go, yeah, look, I, I should, I should, should have done better and show some remorse and, and take the ban. You know, since when is when all of a sudden is the QC coming involved or you know there's a judge who was on the panel? Uh, so I think rugby's lost its way a little bit there. And the whole thing, I can I can get Andy Farrell's frustration. Granted, it's his son. The whole thing is a bit farcical the way it's been held. But it, it sort of whatever they started with QCs coming involved, and you know, if it's something serious where somebody's in, you know, for a long ban, you know, like thinking back to Trevor Brennan or David Atube for um Stade Francais when he he got seventy weeks. I can understand where a person's livelihood, but at the end of the day, he got a red card. It was seen by both sets of officials, the one on the pitch and the one on the bunker. 
take the ban and move on. You know, it's it's you know rugby just eating itself a little bit when it when when it, when it's 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 who's got the best matlock on their side. Okay, listen, we're going to move over to yourself, Jay, now uh, for your first article, and this comes from Wales Online. And it's from Ben James. And the headline is Wales destroyed by South Africa as awful errors and lack of experience undermine chances. Was that really Wales online? Oh, my God. <laughs> doesn't, leave, yeah. doesn't leave room for anything else. It's a pretty good synopsis in itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, totally like a, it's a 50 burger in Cardiff, you know. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a decent article. Like, you know, it hits all the, the, the main points. Like, does does add some caveats, which are probably fair enough in terms of the amount of chopping and changing that came up, I mean, Bigger and Cuthbert and, and Liam Williams had to kind of bow out pretty early. Then, of course, you know, the roof wasn't expected. <laughs> supposed to be closed yeah. and it's open. That's going to throw, throw all sorts off, you know. But yeah, I mean, like I didn't, I wasn't overly impressed with, with the box. I think they probably, they probably should have been further ahead, particularly in the first half. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just the amount of, the amount of waste, wasted opportunities the Wales had. I mean, early doors, they, 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 they probably looked better in the air. They had, they were getting some wins there in the air, but um, but the article, the article sets you nice. Uh, I think, I think probably the 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 key point and one of the things that that is probably more interesting is is the the kind of new props that they brought on. Was it Domachowski and and Azarady? They, they they had a real tough day at the office, so that's there's going to be some selection headaches during the week. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. I thought the box took their chance as well. I mean, the, the people you expect stood up Peter Steff, and, and it was great to see Sia back flying and and to, to return from from an injury and and, and put a what was a pretty pretty damn good performance. It wasn't wasn't even just you know caveated by an injury. It was just a, a classic C, a strong performance. So yeah, uh, back to the drawing board for Wales, I guess, or or, or maybe not. Maybe maybe it was it was it was, it was on the in the cards back, already. Back, back to the water board, you mean? Yeah, the water board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll move we'll move on to the third article now. And uh, this season, um, I'm not going to let my contributors have all the fun covering the front five. So my article this week is from the Belfast Telegraph. It's uh, written by Michael Sadlier, and it's titled uh, Ulster Ship Nine Tries as Leinster Subject Them to Heavy Interprovincial Defeat in Dublin. Now, before I chose this article, I tried to look at the overall coverage of women's interpros, and I was impressed to see that most places didn't just devote one piece to the two matches from Saturday, as they had in previous years. And extra points go to the Belto for having this on their site by Saturday evening. This hasn't always been the case when Ulster's men had a match on the Saturday. Um, and while I'm on the subject of coverage, top marks as ever to TG Carr for showing both matches live. But anyway, getting to the action, as the headline suggests, it was one-way traffic right from the start as Leinster were clearly keen to put last week's one-point loss at the sports ground behind them. And you could say this performance was the urban dictionary definition of the rugby adage, the forwards decide who wins and the backs by how much. The Leinster scrum overpowered their opponents from the word go, and the onslaught began when prop Christy Haney went over after just four minutes, and the scoring continued throughout the match on the back of strong carries in the loose from Aoife Wafer and powerful runs from fullback by Natasha Bean, plus a typical captain shift from Han O'Connor, including an excellent 50-22, also known, by the way, as a Craig of Pick of the tries was in the second half when sub scrum half Elisa Hughes sprinted from 122 to the other before offloading to Leah Tarpey as Leinster were actually down to 13 at the time. Ulster's one try by Neve Marley was extremely well worked, but it was never going to be enough as the home side ran out 57-5 winners. Now, Leinster still have it all to do as they need to beat Munster to pip Connor for a place in the final, so it looks to be a cracking final round next weekend. Okay, we're going to go uh, back to yourself, Tom, for uh, article number four, and uh, yours is from Planet Rugby's by David Skippers, and the headline is uh, Clinical Italy, Cruise Pass 14 Men Romania to Seal Their First Win of the Year. 
Yeah, I think I'll just concentrate for Romania for a second because they're, we have them in the pool, so it's probably worth looking at them more so than, than Italy. Yeah. I think the one, the one thing mentioned, and good worth mentioning about Italy, is Capuzzo is back, and I think he ran for 247 metres or something, which is the second highest in the last 15 years for a Tier 1 player. Uh, he, Izzy Dag against Wales. So it was harder for Capuzzo against Romania, I'd say, than Izzy Dag was against Wales, trying to get 250 metres. But that is good to have it's good to have him back. Uh as for Romania, like they've shipped fifty plus now, I think, against Georgia, another fifty against Italy. They even lost against uh the lowly United States who didn't even qualify. Uh they're out of the game really in the first sort of half an hour of that game. And uh, I'm gonna show off my my tier two knowledge by saying that you know they got a red card against one of their half decent players, Motok. He plays for Ajen at the top fourteen. So I think with that and my Dislike of Raj, I, I can run the tier two account now on, on Twitter. <laughs> that, <laughs> pretty uh, much, pretty much, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. I've, I've checks all the boxes. I've got the CV. But yeah, look, it's looking really poor for many. And obviously they have us first up in the World Cup. Um, I hate using the term cannon fodder, but it does seem like it's starting to set up that way for Romania. That will do Ireland no good apart from, you know, what sort of a team we'll probably play against that. We'll have, you know, you know I don't know any of our lads, uh, to play today, we'll play against Samoa or possibly play against Romania, you know, so a couple of weeks off for the lads, it seems. Okay, we'll move on to the fifth and final article now. We're back to yourself, Jay, and this is from Le Monde, of all places. Um, uh, I didn't make you read it in French, though. Uh, the, the headline is, uh, France recovers from Intimac injury with Fiji win in World Cup warm-up. Yeah, I suppose first up, uh, great game, really, really, really fun game. Um, being being from Le Monde, it's it's, it's a pretty good article around the kind of the French topics, the kind of hot topics in terms of, I guess, obviously with with Intermac out, every, all eyes on kind of Hastoy, um, with Jelly Bear on the bench. Um, I thought he went thought he went quite well. Um, and, and other lads, I think, will probably put their hand up. Um, like Gretam is really really good, and and Jaminet, absolutely. Spot on with the with the boot, but um, it's kind of shy and, and probably the more more entertaining aspect in terms of how coherent and how how together Fiji were. Um, I thought they I thought they looked pretty well. I thought I think they're probably gonna break some hearts in Pool C. Um, it was it was it was organized, disciplined, great turnovers, great attack. It was it was it was really really good. I think really looking forward to see how they go. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a good article. But it's a, it was a solid French win. You can kind of see it happening from about from about the halfway. Um, the halfway point, you could see them start to pull away with an absolutely ridiculous intercept by McAlew there in the second half. Uh, it's a joy to watch. But yeah, re- really fun game and, and, and decent article. Okay, so uh, that's it for our front five for now. As ever, you'll find all those links in the program notes. So now it's time for our feature match of the week, which was, of course, Ireland v. England in the Summer Nation series at the Aviva Stadium. It was a dry evening in Dublin as Ross Byrne kicked off towards the South Stand. And Tom is going to take us through the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a great okay. Well, it looked like, for, I know from, I didn't go into the match myself. I decided to have a couple of points down to Scarry's Harbour and uh, keep me 100 euro in my back pocket for once. But uh, just from a few going in, it was it looked like it was going to rain, but it turned out to be a crack and cracking day for anyone that was at the game um so i think anyone that went in obviously when you're, you're playing england and you end up winning um and you can get a bit of sunshine in august i think it's usually a good mix you know dublin dublin's normally dark and wet most times in rugby season so it's like a bit of a you know from that side of point of view it was good um but the game itself 
Yeah, look, it, it was, you know, looking at the first sort of 20 minutes of that game, um, there was a lot of errors from both teams. Um, I think England set their stall out fairly early, fairly conservative with their kicking game. Um, they obviously felt they could target Mack Hansen uh, with a lot of their exits. And he, he got, abs- you know, no joy from what whatsoever. Um, but I think signs were there earlier on when they did target Mack Hansen. England chase game, so you can visualize the box kick coming up and, and then chasers was all very narrow. Uh, it all really, really it, it didn't even it wasn't a case of even taking two passes. Sometimes it was just one pass to get away from that England rush. And um and then Ireland were in sort of free country. And that's why when when you looked at some of the tries throughout the game, uh, we seem to get a lot of room on the outside. I know we, we, we talk about Earls' try later on or Lowe's try in the you know there was room on the wings and that's because how narrow England were were blitzing in that sort of midfield but uh, we gave away um, an early penalty I think it was um uh, Byrne um Tyke Byrne got caught just on the wrong side not a majorly thing but England went for the three and England got another penalty later on went for the three as well and missed it so it's strange. You look at these warm-up games, what the mindset of teams are. There was another incident throughout the game where Ireland, at the start of the second half, Ireland tried to run out of their own end line twice, where England were happy to take the three. So mindset, maybe if a team just wanting to win and try stuff and and another team that maybe was afraid to lose or, or didn't know how to win. Um, But the, sort of the first sort of good moment came sort of nine minutes in, Um. James Lowe's a siege gun boot as we as we see he you know I can see why they were, were worried about kicking or why England maybe were targeting Hansen which was a silly thing they stayed away from Keenan and stayed away from Lowe knowing what Lowe was able to do and um, La Rochelle obviously did the same in the in in, the, in that final we won't talk about you know they tend to not kick that side either but um, the, the England the English defenders who were sitting deep sort of got mixed up and and the ball sort of bobbled out for a, for a line out granted it was for England. But again, England were fairly conservative with the restart off the line out. It was just a box kick. Everything was slow. I read earlier on that 25% of England's um rooks were over six seconds, which you know, we we you know this is one of these sort of catchphrases we hear in rugby about getting them rooks under three seconds and it's a buzzword. I think I think Tyg Furlong and Finley Bealham would probably do that under yeah. six seconds. But you know, it's it's we all the three of us here follow rugby online, so we're well aware of that. So any casual listener going, it's just that speed of ball away that mm. you know sets the fences on the back foot. And six seconds in international rugby is ridiculously slow. Uh now I know England were doing a lot of box kicks. So again, they did a box kick and again they targeted Hansen, and it was that narrow rush defense. Even Marchant, who's at the 13 channel, came all the way over to try and target. So it it looked like there were England just looked poorly coached just in that snapshot of of a, of a box kick putting pressure on Hansen all rushing into the near side as, as the camera was looking at and uh, it just allowed after a phase for Ireland to go wide and then all of a sudden George Ford was trying to fill in the gap where, where Marchand was and Lowe was away on the wing and we made sort of 40 metres instantly uh, I know sometimes it doesn't end up in a try or thinking well, you know what does that benefit us Um. But it just shows England's mindset about being narrow but rushing, and and Ireland got a lot of joy off that all day. Uh, now from the low, from the low break on the far side after that England narrow defence, we were able to come back inside uh, a couple of times, and um, again one of the differences between Ireland and England 
um throughout the day. It's it maybe simple, but it's it's practiced. You know, Ireland had a pod set up, I think it was Furlong. Um Josh Van der Fleer and and um Peter O'Mahony and they had uh, Bundyaki just sitting in behind. So with that, if you can visualize that, you have you have Josh in the middle, you have Ty to his left, you have Peter to the right, and you have you have Bundy in behind. So Josh is the receiver off Ross Bourne. He's got three options. He can go left, go right, or pull it behind to Aki Cohen in behind. Or if you looked at England several times throughout the game, they generally was one out runners. The gap between the 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 carrier and the latter was too wide and allowed some players. Romani got a turnover in the first half off it. There was an English latch. It was after our first try. England had a England had a couple of a bit of pressure after a strip on um on uh, Kean Prendergast uh, straight off the off the restart. And in this instance, England when they charged for a try, um to just the, the gap between the, the ball carrier and and the person latching them was too far and it allowed it, you know if you're going to give the likes of Peter O'Mahony or or, or Ty Byrne I think it was Ty Byrne in this instance or maybe it was O'Mahony he gets thrown over it's because the guys get isolated but the difference for us was when, when Josh got the ball he had three options so the English defender bit in and he just it was flicked to, to Peter and um, he, he looked confused I know he's it's a rarity in Munster to see that line break happening like that. He he looked around in open country. Like now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh he looked around in open country and, and just simple little pass into to Bundyaki who just ran it in and, and sort of skipped past Stuart. So it, it it was just that that's to me looking at it from an aerial point of view is just the difference between a well coached team who know what they're doing and 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 I and coming straight on to the we converted that. We got stripped from the restart. Uh, from by Prendergast was stripped, and English were had under a bit of under pressure inside the twenty-two. But then the England setup was nowhere near like that. It was one out with one one, and and the the, the ball carrier either only could carry it in, or he maybe one pass to the outside. And like if you're if you can even visualize that, it's just trying to defend the first instance where Ireland were set up with pods, and the second England instance where England weren't. You know, it just makes a really good defense. It, it makes our job so easy to try and defend that. And that's why England didn't really look like they were going to score all day. They could have been there. I know they got a try near the end, but they could have been there till Christmas and not got a try. And I think you could pick certain uh, instances throughout the match, you know, just looking at those two differences and it repeated throughout uh, for, 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 for both times. So like it was it was it was a great try. After that, it got very it got scrappy. There was a lot of infringements around our lineup. Was a bit messy. That's something that we have to work on. Um, scrums. It was a bit of early reset or early engaged. The referee up um, the Kiwi Williams was a bit hot on that. Um, we ended up shipping a full penalty in the second half for for a, for a second infringement of of not coming down quickly into the scrums. So maybe. Uh, the teams, I don't know, I haven't seen any press. Maybe the teams have been told about speeding up the scrums and they're warned about getting in that engagement. Uh, but I, I don't know, was the match earlier? I don't know, was South Africa or Wales? It was a match earlier in the day where I thought the, re- the, the gap between the call and the set was very long. And then yeah. you, you see teams, you know, so I think the coaching staff need to talk to maybe the referees again just to see, you know, if there's going if they're going to look for a quick set after the, the call, you know, bind, um, you know, maybe speed that process up. But that's, you know, James Wright said after the game, it's stuff we have to try and to work on, tweak on. But yeah, the line out in, the, in that first 20 minutes and, and the scrums was a little bit messy. I noticed with one of the scrums as well, 
again for anyone that's interested in crappy forward play you know uh, obviously Jamie George and is well used to playing against the Leinster front row and he tends to bind high up on Genge's back and what that allows means is that Ty Forland can't get his proper bind on you know Ty goes with that big long Wexford arm across the back of the loose head but because George is binding high and um, up on his back, which is not the most natural position, uh, but it stops furling it in the bind. But the opposite side of that happens is his bind on the on, on, on his tight head isn't great. And I thought Porter had a had a fairly good day putting pressure on Stewart initially. But it all comes down to maybe watching Ty too much and forgetting about the other side, thinking Porter's, you know, he famously got a weak weak scrummage, and you know, it's been said for the last, you know, even the Ireland don't really lose scrum penalties. It's one of these Urban myths, maybe, but um, yeah, it was just they obviously thought that to, to, to keep an eye on Furlong more with that bind, but it 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 allowed Porter make a lot of hay on that side, and um, the referee stood on Porter's side a lot throughout the throughout and, and didn't ping him, so you know he he's always criticised after games, so I'll, I'll we'll see tumbleweed or we'll uh, you know maybe give him a bit of plaudits about his scrummaging this time, but yeah, it was it was sort of a a messy time after that and uh, sort of. Brought us to, to sort of twenty minutes in. We, we we had the lead at that stage. Yeah, I mean, um, when you consider that, uh, like maybe past World Cups or just past Ireland teams, we've relied so much on the set piece. And if you look at, like you were saying about how we had issues at the scrum with the with the calls and the binding and stuff, and then the lineouts were just, especially in the twenty two, were just a disaster. They they, they just couldn't yeah. get them together at all. And we we couldn't. Uh, an Ireland team just couldn't function. We, we I don't think we, you know it'd be very very difficult to generate points um, in the past because they're relying on those uh, being right, but. Uh, as you said, we, we, we what we were doing when we attacked, um, we, we saw we'll we go through the other tries, but a lot of those tries were just you know making space on the wing. It's like we were two or three heads, phases ahead of England uh, every time, and uh, we could just make that space. And but th- while they were wary of that, that made it easier to make space up the middle for that first try. You know, it was uh, it was it was just the, the way those tries were were eventually put together, um, where it was 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 just great to see. Yeah, so the last thing I was just going to say about that first 20 minutes, and, and again, it's more like highlighting. For me, it's the coaching quality of one team versus the other. I mean, I'm not picking on Bortwick. He's after getting yeah. a raw deal late. So this is not all about Steve Bortwick and how good or bad he is. But like, we got pinged, as you say, for an early engagement in one scrum. And um, so it's a short-arm penalty. So George Ford has a few options. They can sort of, he can solo as like a GA player and and pass it out to a centre for two legged to crash it up. Or else Gary Onish with a hard chase, but no, they kicked it out in the full and handed a line out back to Ireland just inside their own half. Mm. Like that to me just sort of sums up where England are at. Like it's nearly the worst of the three options. Um, yeah, it just, it just, it, and it says to me they're sort of playing to a pattern. I don't think George Ford, he's, he's you know, he's, he seems to be a very clever player. And anytime you've seen him in different teams over the years, whether it be Sale or Leicester before that, he, he, he doesn't strike me as a, a player that that you know he's 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 got the brains on on the pitch, but just doing stuff like that, you you're, you'd you'd imagine it's playing to a pattern and maybe t- trying to target the Irish lineups, but it just didn't pay off at all, and it it showed more of a mindset for me that they were running out of ideas even in that first twenty minutes. Absolutely, and uh, like you said, that the, the twenty that twenty minute spell ended with one of these the, these penalties that's driving me mad. Uh, we are doing one or two of them every game. It's that crossing yeah. at the lineup. Um, we're we're getting hit for that more. And then I mean, 
deservedly so because we're doing it, um, but it, it's hurting us. And I just have this nightmare vision of when we really need one in the last 10 minutes of a, of a big knockout game. And uh, we, we, we lose it. We lose a lot after that. But anyway, the, the, the rest of the 20 minutes didn't go so bad, uh, did it, Jay? No, I, I think it's, it's, it was kind of an example of us. We continually improved. I think true. We were kind of shaking off the rust, getting into our, getting into our flow and, and England were, probably equally listless, if, if not probably improved when they went down to 14 men to a certain extent. Um, I'm not sure how that happened. We'll probably talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. But I suppose it, as it, in terms of the lineouts, I suppose, just to stress how, how damaging they were, like we were by far the better team in nearly every aspect, or if if in every aspect apart from the lineout. And we couldn't pull away, right? Right up until, I think it was the 26th minute when, when, when we got the second try. There was only one score in it, really. Um and uh, like on paper we were we were we were creaming them left right and center so um but yeah that 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 kind of second twenty minutes the second quarter kind of kicked off pretty much pretty much exactly where the rest of it I mean they kicked the ball straight to Mac which which is madness um at that stage they weren't to that point someone with, with George Ford's kind of experience you would have thought would be starting to adapt or shake it up or change something but they they looked shook from from early doors really um and I suppose just a word on on our back three. They were just pretty, pretty exemplary, right? I mean, there was there was no good options there. Mac was pr- pretty uh, immaculate. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go there. Um, Hugo with a K, uh, yeah, with a K, <laughs> uh, and Hugo. There was no good options for them to kick it. In fairness, the guys at the back, it, it was they were they were exemplary. They were incredible, um, and it was really nice to see Hugo mix it up. He was he was he was you know he was looking for contact. He was he was break, breaking the first tackle and stuff like that. But I suppose. There was there was just more and more kicking, um, and to, to Tom said the chase wasn't great. But even when they did get the chase, I didn't think the likes of Elliot Daly had a couple of kind of bites. It wasn't they were half-hearted. Even uh, they they looked like a team that's I don't either. Maybe Borthwick is still trying to shake them out of the kind of Eddie Jones kind of wooden template, or or maybe the the guys aren't buying what Borthwick is selling. But there's they look like they're kind of struggling for confidence, struggling for belief in what they're trying to do. Um, like it, it, when something goes well, they're all kind of looking at each other nearly shocked <laughs> to, to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, Ireland, was, I suppose, continued, got better and better. Um, it, was, it was getting kind of aggravating that that we were we were getting so close so frequently and then that line out in the 22 just, just kept biting us again and again and again. I think we 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 coughed up line outs in pretty much every possible <laughs> every possible way. We, we had a steal, we had we had one over the tail, we had we had the obstruction um, we had one where we, we finally got it down, we got held up and then we had another one where Dan had to break out and and, and it kind of went nowhere. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose um, we kind of started really getting into our flow then. I guess we, there was a really, really nice counter rook um, that I think James Ryan was probably unlucky to get pinged. Um, he had his hand on the ground, but he, he kind of got... The, the, just the, the, the counter rook was so good, the lads behind him forced him over. Um, they, they kicked the pen back. Um, and, then, and then it kind of got into a bit of a, a sticky area where, again, Ireland looked totally comfortable. Um, which is which is a, a nice kind of difference to where England puts under pressure and similar fixtures in the dark in the dark times. There was a bit of kick tennis, but but Ross and and and, and Hugo um, uh, and James kind of handled really really well. Ross took a really nice awkward spiral bomb, um, and we, we we looked comfortable all the way through. Um, and I suppose we 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 eventually got a kind of. Decent line out then. It was really, really kind of messy kind of middle period there where, again, we got really close again and again and again. Yeah, I suppose to, getting towards the end of the kind of 
first half then I thought we were starting to kind of break away around the 33rd minute there um, we had decent line out finally nice clean ball off the top Bundy has a nice bust up the middle um, the ball gets out to Ross Ross kind of throws a bit, bit of a crazy pass out behind Mac and we, and we yeah. give away another uh, give away another pen then um, and that, but that's I think that was nearly the kind of catalyst for the guys to kind of uh, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some some quiet words and ears uh, between between the back row, but but I suppose in between that 33rd minute and the kind of 37th minute, probably, um, was kind of one main worry of of the whole match. In that, that was something quite silly. So, off the back of that kind of dodgy pen, we give away. Um, there was an England line out, uh, kind of a bit messy. It turns out that Ryan played an arm in the air, um, and 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 Dan Sheehan decided to go full Italian ninety. Um and, and kicked the ball and, and I think it seems to be that's that's where the damage was done to the foot. Um, if if you go back and look, he, he kicks that ball and he's he's kind of hobbling since. So, um, it'd be a real shame if 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 that's a, a worrying injury for something so silly, you know. Um, but I guess the 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 Bini Villapola, uh, bad day started pretty much well. He, he didn't really start at all, but I mean, that's when he really said that the Aviva crowd started kind of hounding him. Um, that Brian Penn when he took where, where, where he uh, played played a good arm in the air. Um, Elliot Daly uh, was kicking tried tried to get every inch over, but James Lowe managed to kick it to keep it in, and he returned it. And Billy Billy spilled, and I think that was after the try. That was probably the second biggest <laughs> uh, cheer from the whole crowd for the whole day. Uh, things were starting to kind of come alive, and then I, I think probably from there that's when probably the most pleasing period of play. Then towards the end of the second half, the kind of second try. Um, yeah, we 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 got a we got a scrum pen, um from from that knock on, um nice kick to touch from from Ross, and then finally just a nice clean set piece play. Bourne takes it off the top. Van der Flair pop out to 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 um to Jambo into the middle, and Ross very very nearly we very very nearly kind of stumbled there again. Ross um does well to recover, and then it's just it's just it's just lovely hands. I think it's uh, James gives a park then to to um might be I think it's. Van der Floors, but certainly gets to gets to low, who makes a lovely break and lovely offload to to uh, to Keenan, and then and then Prendergast um, does quite well to keep it alive, take contact. I suppose I suppose the word on on, on Prendergast in general, I think um, I think his us slowly building into the game was nearly kind of epitomised by him. He had a bit of a ropey start, um, lost lost a, lost a bit of balls, but then seemed to kind of take himself aside. He got he got I think Atoje stripped him. And then less than 20, 25 seconds later, he was over a ball, ripping it back. Yep. And then from there, I thought he was he just had a nice, strong, ballsy performance. Um, really good. And as I said, he he did well to get on the end of that uh, Keenan offload, keep the ball alive. Um, things slow down again. Uh, just put it's, the lads kind of back into their shape, back over to the wing, and um, Pete, Pete, Pete's on the wing, <laughs> doing a nice 10, 10, probably 10, 15 meter bust. And then from there, I think this is kind of where I knew Mac was in for kind of player of the match. You could you could actually see if you if you watched the replay, you could see Mac talking to talking to Ross, and you could even see him. He's at a he's at a pike and ring rose on the far wing, and um, so Mac Mac called the scene. He had a bit of vision there, and it was, you couldn't couldn't ask for a better kick into ring rose's bread basket there, and and ring rose had an awful lot to do. A uh, bit of kind of heart mouth moment then when ring rose was kind of holding his face, getting up. I'm not sure. Maybe he was just looking after himself. But yeah, fantastic try. Probably the most pleasing mm. piece of uh, fluid play we had in that whole kind of first half. Um, the execution was coming together. You know, the, the hands were starting to click. The timing was starting to click. The guys were starting to, get, you know, feel, feel the rhythm. 
and and I thought I think the the score line at that stage I thought was going to be a hell of a lot worse if if we were able to kind of continue that. But um, yeah, really nice try. Um, and I suppose that's when another I suppose where Ross's might be a little let down that this is the first conversion he missed. And I don't I don't think he got one over for the rest of the game, um, which is if you continue on from the final, the the, the final that didn't happen, of course, in, in the Heineken Cup. Um, he wasn't he wasn't the best off the tee that day either. Um, so his last two outings in big games, he, he probably hasn't had the kind of classic Rossbourne 115% kicking percentage we're used to see. So he may, he, he, that's probably some aspect he's probably taken away feeling feeling probably a bit stung about. But um, other than that, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Um, considering the nerves there would, would have been there big time given this was the kind of fixture that nearly kind of buried his island career a couple of years back. Um, probably a bit unfairly, but but yeah, it was a lovely try. Uh, timely. <laughs> it was getting getting quite uh, quite aggravating to see us be the kind of bridesmaid, never the bride. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that second period there. Just a, it showed the the complete difference in confidence between the two teams. Like you, those two incidents where we first you had Daly kicking it out. Um, or not kicking it out after a, a after a penalty, not finding touch, and then when it comes back, Bunapola drops drops it. I mean that little that that just summed it all up. England's day, I think, and uh, and then we, you say when you contrast that with the confidence Ireland showed, finally getting the ball into the twenty two and and being able to work it around and work that try um, for Ringrose. It you know after 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 a shaky enough start, that was a that that was a confident finish to the half for Ireland for sure. And um, yeah, like you say, that we we thought. Um, the the scoreline might be a bit more, but uh, you know it, it kind of kind of, after because we started slow, it it wasn't that surprising that the or the halftime score was uh, Ireland twelve, England three. Okay, uh, before we continue, just a word on our YouTube channel. As part of our World Cup prep, I've been asking our guests to go over our options at the various jersey positions, and this week is no exception. Now, normally this extra video will appear on the channel the day after the pod publishes, but as I won't have time to edit it during the week, it actually won't appear until next weekend, probably Sunday morning, so keep an eye out for that. And sure, if you haven't caught the vids uh, we've done already, be sure and check them out on the YouTube channel. We've already looked at jerseys 1, 9, 10, 11, and 12, and while you're there, sure, why not hit the subscribe button while you're at it? Okay, so uh, going back to our feature match, like I said, the halftime score was 12-3 to Ireland with two tries in the bank, and it was England getting things underway in the second half, Tom. Uh, yeah, I, I, a lot happened in this first 20 minutes of this game. You know, I think um, the game was over at the, by, by this slot when we get to 60 minutes after what happened. But look, I'm not a body language expert, but uh, England came out at halftime like they were... I know you aren't country boys, but you know, obviously cows going home to milk in the evening and they're just mm. trodding along a punchy road no. going to the grass. No. no. <laughs> it, comes in, it doesn't come in a bottle, Jay. But uh, that's what England reminded me of coming out at half time. There was no urgency whatsoever. Our Ireland sort of jogged out, sprinted out, and there was a lot of chat and there was a lot of England just came out walking. And, uh, you know, you can read a lot into that or you don't. But, uh, you know, it's a bit sort of summed up what we've been speaking about so far. And then the opposite side of that, like even though we made a couple of errors in the first couple of minutes, we were trying to run it out of our own 22 a few times. There was always that little bit of sense of we'll try something, um, we'll trust our passing, we'll trust our skill. And as Jay mentioned earlier on, um, uh, Keen, uh, Prendergast had a couple of moments in that first sort of five minutes. He, he ended up doing a big 60-metre kick um, downfield to sort of relieve some pressure. But, you know, 
Uh, I agree with Keane. He, he started nervously and it did mirror Ireland's performance. So I thought his work rate is through the roof. But I think that's the minimum maybe that's expected if you're going to play for Ireland. Um, that you'd have to have that work rate to slot back into defensive stuff and and you know that's he's 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 done very well and and he, he ended up slotting the six for the latter part of the game when when Caelan Doris came on, but going back to the start of the second half, another little thing as well. It was a bit of box box kick and tennis and England always seemed to lose territory every time. If you look at each facet of it, um, there was one instance where um, I think um. Keenan caught the ball and he had Gibson Park inside him. This was in our own, just inside our own half or outside our own 22. And, you know, it seemed like a little thing, but Keenan uh, or Gibson Park, um, or Keenan passed it to Gibson Park for Gibson Park to do the box kick for Keenan to chase, which makes sense. Gibson Park going after a chase ball is 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 ridiculous. But Keenan chased and he hunted down um, Stewart who caught the ball and he sort of flicked it to, to, to Ford and he was under pressure by other rushers. Or the the opposite happened with England in those first few minutes. It was Youngs and it was Freddie Stewart where um Freddie Stewart um caught the ball. Instead of doing the obvious thing, which 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 Keenan did, he decided to kick it and he motioned to Ben Youngs to to kick to, to chase it. And it was just a waste of time. Do you know what I mean? Youngs got caught up in some of Ireland's um blockers for want of a better expression. But it was just it made it too easy. And it just it's little things like that that's worrying from England's point of view. There there should be basic things. If you know, I'm just a fucking ordinary guy watching stuff online and do a bit of coaching out in scaries. You know what I mean? There's international coaches will will see all that and, and eat it up for breakfast. So that, that's that's worrying from 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 England's point of view. As I said, there was a few errors again. Our line out was as Jay mentioned continued. Um and maybe the highlight for England in the second half was Ben Earl's celebration after we had a crooked throw. And they won the uh, World Cup. Yeah, they won the World Cup. Um, and you know, I it, maybe this the small victories matter a lot, but uh, when you're when you're when you're really playing shit, you look a bit silly. Um, but I thought some positive things for England. I thought their line out in that their line out defense or their mall defense against us was quite good in that first that third quarter. Um, they stopped us a few times, so that's something again. Ireland are going to have to work on. We did already mention, and uh, we we got pinged a few times at the end of the second half for 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 sort of stepping in and 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 blocking the 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 line at receiver, like blocking a fair contest. So I think that's an area that we definitely have to work on. Um, England's mall defense was 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 quite good all day. Um, yeah. I think the other thing as well from Ireland's point of view is that our kick chase was far better and that again, as Jay mentioned, it's it's the end of the first half where England's was poor. And even in contacts, you know, when we're ball carrying, England tend to run a lot more direct. Or if you look at the Irish players, and I know we, we see it and we take a lot for granted the Leinster, a lot of footwork before we before we we, 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 we engage the English tackler. And we always made yards every time as well. Um so the halfway through that sort of first twenty minutes, obviously one of the major moments of the game was was the Billy Vunapola incident. You know, we started off this pod talk kind of with own Farrell, and you know, in, in some ways it's it's the exact same thing that's happened again. Probably worse. Um it looked very tired and very lazy um by Billy Vunapolo. He you know, I'm sure the the key the case the case he the column now, King's Council over there. I'm sure he'll try mm. and earn a few pounds again by saying Porter dip slightly and he'll mitigate it. But at the end of the day, much like the Owen Farrell one, 
Billy had his arm tucked down straight and it was a straight shoulder to the jaw. Um, I know there's some criticism of referees now saying, why can't they make the decision with the red card and back themselves? I wouldn't be overly critical personally. I think, you know, if he's off the pitch and the bunker view works, it, it, it can speed the game up as in not looking at 25 different angles and coming to the conclusion that it's a red card. So given the yellow, let the guys in the in the stand do their job and they came to the right decision. Um, but we don't want snap reds either. You know, no. if people complain they're going to look at it 25 times and then decide yellow. We've, we've, mm. made, the bunk- we've made the bunker useless. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty all for it. Just, just if, it, if, it's, you know, if it justifies the review, put them in the bunker, get the game going again. I think it's the way to go. Yeah, the only, the only problem with the, the what's happened so far is with the Farrell decision, the... Um, the, the the official ruling was released and it said that the bunker that um they tried to take blame away from the bunker saying well they don't have time uh they didn't have as much time as we did to study it but then what's the point of having the bunker in the first place yeah. i mean yeah. isn't that what isn't that the essence that's the essence of their job is to how ha- is to is to, to get the decision right in the time but sure listen we could, like well, say, I, we could be talking I, about I, it all day yeah you know, i thought yeah. it worked well and i know the, ultimately you know the six nations committee Pull the rug under the bunker with mm. fire. Pull the rug from under the, but it's worked well. You know that's the way you want it to work. Um, yeah, I think the English, some English pods that I've listened to were, were of the conspiracy theory just before um Billy's um hit on on Porter that Palm went uh, Mahoney went very high on Marchant I think, and he was immediately <laughs> immediately hauled off. As in, they didn't want it to look, and there was no. They were giving out that there was no replays of that. It was it was a palm carry. You call it Ben Teo style. Forearm was slightly up. So uh, yeah, yeah. I looked at it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think they're they're reaching a lot for that. Um, but Billy has no excuse, and now it's his only red card. I think in his career, with, I'm not sure what Saracens, but with with England. Um, so you know, it shouldn't affect his World Cup. Um, I I. It, does leave it a bit of a weird situation for Borthwick that he has only won eight in his in his squad and um he has matched next week and obviously they have Argentina in two weeks' time. So like they don't have the little cushion to come into the World Cup that we we have, we perceive we have against Romania. Um so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the English squad in the next in the next week or two as he make changes to that. Um but as I said at that time when, when Billy got his marching order, when he got his marching orders a few minutes later when they reviewed it, but um Peter went off and there was a little bit of a change in the pack, which was good to see. I think it was a good change. It brought Tygburn back to six, which we know he's a super player at as well. And uh, I think it's worth mentioning Joe McCarthy. I think he came on in the second row and um, he got a good, whatever that was, 35 minutes in that position. And um, he made a huge impact for me um, in that 35 minutes. And it, it, it allowed that back row as well. I think, you know, it, 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 Prendergast was still playing eight and you had Byrne and, and, and Van der Fleer beside him, two quality operators, two world-class players. And it gave that extra bit of, a bit of um, dog in the pack from, from, uh, from Ireland, because that's a big English pack. They were able to bring in Chesson as well at some stage there. He's a six foot seven back from injury, six foot eight, huge guy, like his brother at the under twenties. They don't know what they eat over in England they're in, but that's a big English pack. And, um, Joe McCarthy equipped equipped himself really well. Um, I thought leading up to the sort of the next try, I thought uh, similar to what Jay said in the uh, for for Max try. I thought our interplay and phase play was really clever. And I speak about footwork. 
when we carry, we tend to step just before the attack and it makes yards every time. And we were stretching England left and right. England's defence wasn't bad in the middle, but as soon as it went right, we were stretching them and went left. And um, then it was a lovely loop pass by Ross Bourne in the end out to, to low. And it seemed like a very easy do- touch dot down for, 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 for low. But a lot of the damage was done before that, how we just completely stretched England. I know they were at 14 men at that stage, but um, it just epitomizes how narrow they were for me all day. And every time we went wide, they were sort of scrambling. It was more scrambling attack, even as 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 Jay mentioned for Max Troy, um, he was able to step back inside because the English defence were sort of drifting to try and get across to him. So that happened a good few times throughout the game where we're... England's wide defence was non-existent and they were sort of rushing across and, you know, a bit of a sidestep. Ringer made a big sidestep for one as well um, off off the line, I remember, in the first half. So that was a problem England have all day. Um, as I said, yeah, it got upgraded to a red during that period of time. It uh, sort of follows on from the five, what did they get against Wales? Five yellows and one red or something. So sort of horrendous time for England. and uh, But at that stage, the game was done. Lowest try and and the red card confirmation. And that was really it for the game for me. Um, but um, it, it's more so the mindset of, you know, the players coming out at half time or those little things about box kicks and who box and who chases and just looking like they don't, they don't have a plan. There was another instance where uh, England turned the ball over in the middle of the field and I think Genge was at first receiver. And it was just now they got we they got away with it because I think James Ryan ended up going off his feet, but they just looked all at sea. There was no plan there about who was going to be carrying and who was going to support him. He um and they got overrun and it just the referee pinged Ryan. You know he sort of slipped off his feet because there was nobody there to hit. He said there was such a lack of bodies, uh for 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 English team, and 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 there was another incident as well where I I think it was Stuart was held up in a mall. And um, there was five or six Irish players around him, and there was no English player rushing in to help him. Like even at that stage, just to go in and and uh, have a pop at an Irish fella. But it, yeah, it just epitomizes the difference in the teams all day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their their confidence. Um, well, it was it wasn't great up to that point, but it just took a nosedive, and it's like that. The the that whole bunker incident. It almost was like a double whammy because you had the. I mean, first of all, they'd won a penalty, but then they went back and looked and saw that. Uh, First of all, he's getting a yellow card. Then we scored a try, and then it was upgraded to a red. It was like boom, 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 and almost from the restart, weren't didn't they have a mall that was put into touch? Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a, that's just a no no. <laughs> if, if you expect to be doing anything in a World Cup, I mean, it was just such a basic basic thing, and they just they they weren't. But uh, anyway, from the, from the Irish point of view, it's it's great to see. We're we're talking about like how we're going to get on without Sexton and stuff when we're in these matches, but. For that final pass, that final loop pass, or getting when we have a player out wide, mm. we've so many players on the pitch confident to make that pass. We know Gibson Park can do it. Now we know Mac Hansen can do a, a kick pass. We know Ross Byrne can make that pass. Ringrose can do it. They've, we've got so many, so many options um, just to just you know work work the space. We know the guys out there, and then it's just getting it to them. And of course, you know England sort of helped us out. Maybe they're low well on confidence, but we we've shown we showed in this match that we're able to do it on on more than one occasion. And we and this isn't the last try we're going to be describing about it either. Um, other things that happened there was um, we had that clash of heads with uh, Low and Aki going in for the tackle. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you just hope there's nothing to that. There's going to be no, um, 
uh, protocols are to go through after that, that 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 did look a bit nasty at first, but uh, hopefully they're all okay. And uh, but this passage of play ended with more. I mean, England was we're trying to get something working in our twenty-two, but um, faces and faces. But eventually, Finley Beam. I thought maybe he was a bit lucky with this one. I don't know, um, but uh, forward, he, yeah, yeah, he did get over the ball. Maybe knocked it on or whatever happened. But uh, the referee gave it, and it was a free, it was a penalty. To Ireland got out of that situation again. So Jay's going to take us the rest of the way. That, that was a trick of the light. He, he, the, the ball was fine. It was a totally yep. it was totally fine. It was trick of the yep. light. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess just to, to further heap on England, I was reading a, an interesting stat, and I think genuinely. They actually played better from this point on. I, I think better whether that was the red card may kind of slapped them whatever or whatever game plan they they had at the moment. But I thought they did. Assumably, the last twenty minutes, while they were broken in this heart, was was probably their their purple patch to a certain extent. Um, but I think technically this was the most experienced English side ever. I believe if they they broke their record in caps last week and they broke it again this week, so it's it's. It's a it's it's a bad sign, right? Um, in terms of in terms of experiences, this is the this is the best they've ever had. And well, if you count high caps as 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 a, as a metric for good, which clearly I don't think this is the case here. But uh, I suppose that the the other massive thing that kind of came out at that stage is was Earls, right? Uh, coming in coming into that just around the fifty sixth minute there or so or so when uh, James Lowe was taken off after the head clash, um, Earls came on. And that's when the kind of Aviva kind of that erupted to a certain extent. I think it's it was it was when I was kind of slightly disappointed I didn't stretch the six hundred and fifty thousand euro it was a ticket or mm-hmm. whatever it was. But um, it was a fantastic moment. It was a really and and just just my notes here. My notes start to the sixtieth and and still the fields of Attenborough are still ringing out. So the guys start taking a bit of kind of kind of kind of vuvo of that I think um, straight away. Kind of Mac makes another massive chase and hit. You know the guys are really starting to feel it at this stage. Um, but but getting into Hansen's try, um, we're, we're we're hassling now. England seem really they've lost the head now at this stage to a certain extent. They are making a few line breaks and having a bit of a horrible patch. But I thought I told Jay was 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 probably a little bit lucky that they didn't look at it a bit more because it it was a nasty, lazy, pretty cynical rip back on Keenan when when he made the break. Uh, there was no. He knew exactly what he was on. He was just he was just killing Keenan off there. Yeah, the commentator um, I was listening to said, "Oh, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't malicious. Well, maybe it wasn't malicious, but it was definitely desperate." Yeah, and was... uh, and, uh, and you know, I don't think that that means we can't have a conversation about uh, more than a penalty. But anyway, no, it was a seat. It was a seatbelt, but it was a particularly vicious seatbelt. Yeah, because <laughs> he was past him. I mean, he was yeah. already past him. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, as well worth mentioning, I think I think uh, I told you. I don't think he was half at fault for some of them, but I think it was five penalties in that game where he was either involved with the infringement or fully involved, as 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 Jay pointed out on that that seatbelt tackle. So his discipline throughout the game was very poor. I think he, he, the stats had him there for two or three, but there was at least another two where he was he was completely involved with two. Yeah, I, I suppose getting into that, then we get we get a penal, um, and and obviously off that off that seatbelt, and again, finally we have a nice clean line out. Um, and it's actually Keen P takes it off the top from Tyg. Tyg, I suppose, I'm not sure if he if he starts taking the reins, but James Ryan's still on the pitch at this stage. But certainly, um, the more successful lineouts for for the end of the first half and, and the start of this half, we had, we had Tyg taking it from the top, pass it down. But Keen takes it off the back and makes a bust up. Um, and it's just nice, patient work. And and England are, are infringing all over the place. I think it's maybe two or three advantages we have at this stage. Um, and just in the last kind of two phases before we've already kind of given it away with the Mac on the wing, but just count. I think there's like eight or nine, and con- considering there's there's only fourteen lads and white on the pitch at this stage, 
there's eight or nine lads, I'd say, within two meters of the sticks either side. They're they're all bunched up. Um and and it, and it's 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 they definitely they definitely called it. So um I think it was Porter pops it up to Keane, who shows lovely quick hands, real nice silky pass to, to Jembo. Um he floats it to Ross, and then Ross does effectively the mirror image pass of what he did for the low try off the left over to over to Mac. And again, I think Mac showed Freddie Stewart up pretty 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 poor. Uh, now it's a hard I know it's he had a, he had a lot of ground to cover and when you're hitting that that sort that sort of pace you can't turn the dime but um yeah Mac Mac turned him inside out and, and rode a tackle down and, and it was a lovely try. Um I suppose again Ross Ross is um kind of always kind of continued with off off the tee. And as I said it's probably gonna be something's gonna it'll rule but I, I don't think it'll come back to bite him. I think he was pretty he was pretty strong controlled. Um and then I think we're getting into the area then where where it, we started to have a couple of subs. I think um, Bundy start came back in. The front rows were starting to switch out. So we were, I think we were probably we were probably in cruise control to a certain extent. And maybe maybe the lads were thinking about let's just let's just get onto the bus here without a uh, without breaking a leg or something. But um, that's when kind of England start making some inroads, I guess, on the restart. Um, yeah, some nice line breaks. I uh, thought uh, oh, the new the, the new front row in England, uh, Tio Dan, is it? He mm-hmm. he made, makes an, he makes a nice bust up. They're they're making, but. To, to be totally honest, it really doesn't look like they can buy a try. Um, Ireland are absorbing it. There are some line breaks and stuff, but there's no, um, I don't. There's no, there's no panic. There's no crazy pressure. Everyone's making big hits. Like, um, like I think Crowley comes on then. He's making, he's making, making some good hits. Ross had a lovely hit on Daly at some stage. It was nice yeah. to see. Um, yeah, we don't look, we don't look panicked. And England really don't. They're kind of out of ideas. There's just, it's, it's a very individual effort all the time. Uh, there's lads making breaks and hoping there's someone on the shoulder. It's not, it, it's a it's a bug, not a feature of of what was what was happening on the pitch, you know. Um, and I suppose their try, um, and and it was it was it was decent. We we gave away a scrum pen, um, and and Danny Kerr takes it quick, um, and and I think uh, Sinclair finishes nice bust up, nice strong carry, and, and and Sinclair pushes over, but um, probably a little soft, um, probably something they 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 will look at. I don't think Andy will appreciate the lack of focus there, um. But yeah, so that's that, that's it's it, it was it was a fine try and the end was, was under the stick, so they converted. But I suppose the that that brings us on to the the, the kind of the piastal resistance, right? So pretty much straight from the restart. Um, nice, 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 quick. I believe at this stage Crowley's taking the kicks. I think Ross kind of kind of gestured to Crowley to take the restart, or maybe Ross is off at this point. I'm not not entirely sure, but a lovely lovely turnover by um, I believe it's McCarthy. It was a nice, nice crafty turnover by McCarthy yeah. there. Mm. Lovely soft hands out to Keane. Uh, Keane Prendergast, who, who gives it to Josh. Um, Jembo starts it, uh, p- picks it up again, passes it to, to Bundy. I think Bundy's looking for it, right? <laughs> I think every, everyone wants it at this stage. And, um, and you can add another name to the list for someone who can float a half fielder out to the wing. N- lovely, lovely pass. And I think Earlsey um, said it was too high, <laughs> too high for him or something in the in the post comms, yeah. but. Where where would you get it? Where could you write it from? And I think he, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but I'm pretty sure he did like four or five flips in the air before he hit the ground again. But it was a lovely try and a lovely moment. You could you literally couldn't write it again, right? You know, so hundred cap try try in the corner and the Aviva the Aviva explodes. Definitely one of the highlights of 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 the year, um, or definitely the, the the best Irish rugby moment of the week after a pretty dire rugby week. Um, fantastic, fantastic moment, right? Um. And uh, and 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 Crowley goes to and, and converts quite nicely, um, and yeah, really, really, really nice, really fluid play when we get when we get going. 
was really happy to see that that um that Joe McCarthy turned over. I thought he grafted really well. Um, some nice mom kind of all defense in the last five minutes of the game as well. I think over the last two games, Joe was, I think Tommy yourself actually said it said it online as well. I think Joe was really at the kind of putting some of those past you know peno machine sort of um tags that came along with him to bed slightly. I think he's he's really put his hands up um for for getting on the plane. I thought it looked really well. Um, and again, it was great to see Keane Prendergast go, go a distance. Um, I felt I did feel bad for for England at some stage, where they were pretty disheartened, and you just see uh, uh, just a lowly Caelan Doris trot onto the pitch to 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 take over <laughs> to take over the punishment. So, yeah, it was a much much more fluid second half. Um, the difference between the sides was 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 pretty tangible, both in I think in terms of skill, in terms of coaching, in terms of self belief, belief in the team, belief in the lads beside you. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, and it's the the game kind of finished out kind of a bit of a whimper, I guess. Um, it was I think it was just a restart, a knock on or something like that. I think more, I think it was Murray or something knocked on, or maybe Murray kicked it off. But um, yeah, uh, obviously the Keith Earls moment is the one that's going to stand out. I think. Absolutely. I mean, like we we already said, Mac, Mac Hansen had pretty much had the player of the match locked down before halftime, I'd say. Um, but I think it's definitely worth giving a shout to uh, to Joe McCarthy's uh, cameo because uh, he was re- he really impressed. It was a, it was a confidence he was showing. It was the confidence, uh, you know, uh, getting in and uh, you know uh, ripping from the restart like that. But earlier on, he was like getting through a mall and 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 helping spoil a, spoil an English mall. I think at one point, and just as just as general general play and stuff it was just uh very 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 impressive and of course you know the fairy tale as well with Keith Keith Thurs at the end there that was uh, it was just it was like it was it was almost for Ireland it was like it was a script uh written for us while it was probably more of a horror movie um situation for England but uh it's just just the way the two programs are going and like someone said on the pod last week look at uh, you know you know England will go on and win the World Cup now after after us saying all that but sure <laughs> we'll see what happens but anyway no on the day there was only going to be one winner and like we said the final score was um Ireland 29 England 10. Okay, so now it's just time for a few quick final thoughts, starting with yourself, Tom. Yeah, just uh, short and sweet. I, I think to start off where you finished, which was, was Keith Arnold's try, he was with the, obviously the highlight of the game. And I was watching, the, as I said from the start, I was watching the game at Scaries at the pub, and it was the biggest pub erupted when he scored, and um, which shows the popularity of him, you know, on the other side of the, the country. And also... Um, just the popularity of him in the squad. Every player were absolutely delighted and mobbed him when he scored. You can see how popular he is. So that's not it's not faked, you know, the 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 the, the sort of tap in the back and well done. That was genuine emotion from every player that was out there. So it shows you how highly thought of how, how he how, how he is. So as Jay said, and I think it was his hundredth professional try as well in both red and green. So like yeah, seventy seven I think for Munster, seventy eight and twenty two or three for Ireland. So He's it literally was as Jay said fairy tale stuff sort of, and um I think a lot of the just the game itself from our point of view, it's just about finalizing the squad as much as anything else. Um, there's still some question marks to go. Um, maybe around McCluskey or Frawley or what's going to happen there. Or uh, I know Coombs got released from the squad uh, through a lot of surprise of some, and Prendergast started at eight. Um, as we've mentioned, I thought his work rate was through the roof and. He's put his hand up, but he's t- he's got the chance, you know. Um, he's but he's been a twenty fourth man for Ireland for a good while, so he's put a lot of miles in. 
on training grounds for the last two years. I think he'd only got two appearances. I know he was in the Murray games, but I think he'd only got two appearances before that. So he's he's earned his stripes as well. And I, I don't anyone should begrudge him that. Um we can we can we can we can look at players and critique them individually rather than compare them to somebody else. You know, I joke online that you know Joe McCarthy when he gets married he's going to be called McCarthy Klein because every time he's mentioned Jan Klein's name pops up as well. So I think Prendergast and Coombs is another situation. Just we can look at Prendergast for his merits and 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 look at Coombs for their merits rather than just go one or the other. Um, but I think going back to Joe McCarthy, as as Jay said, I, it was one instance in that half he he lifted Courtney Laws clean off the ground, and Courtney Laws looked like he was a cycling imaginary bicycle trying to gain traction on the ground, and that's some feat really. You know what I mean? I know we sort of take it for granted. We you know. Was it the 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 beast years ago lifting uh, the 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 South African lot that sort of brute strength that you can't really really replicate, and um, he as you said Jeff as well he absolutely demolished an English mall he came straight through it just tore through throwing lads out of the way and um, hopefully as you said he'll get rid of that sort of moniker of too many penalties and and you know maybe the work that's been done by Easterby and O'Connell is helping him in, in sort of curb that sort of aggression in direct so it's definitely something we could see him improving that the more uh, September and October uh, goes on but but yeah overall it was scrappy um scrappy things throughout the game we need to start with the as you said their England defended our mall quite well our lineup was poor um but really you know the Dan Sheehan thing is probably the biggest worry out of the whole game uh, especially with Callagher so that's the only thing. I think we we have a month or little or five weeks before we play South Africa, and I'm not dismissing the teams before that, not at all. But um, you'd have to think she should be okay for that crunch clash, um, hopefully, and and Conan too. Um, that's you know, and see what happens after that. But look, as I said, it was it was a sunny day in Dublin, and um, which is rare at rugby matches. We've all we've all sat in the RDS and got wet, apart from those guys up in the press box who get dry, Jeff. <laughs> not all, not at the RDS, that's for sure. I can tell you that for free. But uh, yeah, it was good. Sunny day in Dublin, and and uh, it was a good win. And so you know, even though it was a very poor England team, um, we'll take the win and move on. Absolutely, Jay. Yeah, uh, pretty much echoing Tom's there. It was it's job done for the most part. And as Tom said, I think we all said coming into the game, happy for a, a solid performance. You know, obviously a win's nice, but no injuries at this stage is is key. So. Job done for the most part, I guess. I guess. Um, obviously, the she- as as Tom said, the Sheen is probably the the storm cloud there. Um, but I suppose you have to take it to, as a slight positive. He, he walked off on his own power, as it didn't have to be carted off or anything like that. He did did seem a bit downtrodden when you saw him in the crowd, and but that that could just be general worry. He's young. He wants to go to a World Cup. He wants to be that guy, and he's 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 not unaware of 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 him being passed around as probably the the hooker in the world at the moment. So. Um, he's, he's looking forward to it, right? And and I know Andy seemed a bit disheartened in the in the in the presser as well. Um, but I I wouldn't read mass amount into it. Everyone's worried. Everyone's dancing at the World Cup. So, um, yeah. So I suppose we're in we're in the wait and hope there. But otherwise, yeah, really really happy. I guess. Um, we saw the guys kind of problem solve in real time. We saw them stick to the task. They didn't get disheartened when things you know weren't going their way, and and they weren't really going their way due to mostly some of our own our own stuff we need to sort out and they sorted it. Um and as 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 I mean probably haven't noticed that some of these guys are coming in reasonably cold, you know, so um I wouldn't I 
it was never probably going to be a 60 nil sort of wonder under performance even though we, we all would have took it but i suppose this probably arguably is a better um stage and post for for moving on from here right so there's there's plenty of stuff for for Faz to bring back into the into the monday review plenty of stuff for paul o'connell and the aldi carrot to look at later on mm-hmm. um you know so it's it, it was pre- pretty much a dream performance in that respect there's plenty to build on plenty to work on the lads will be Laser focused. Even Mackin is uh, his best man. Is a uh, player of the match speech. Um, it was it was it was a bit morose even, right? Um, he, he wanted he wanted to do better. And that shows a sign of where where this side's head is at. That that wasn't good enough for them. Beating England in the Aviva at home, um, pretty comfortably wasn't good enough for for Mac Hansen, um, yesterday. So we can we can only applaud that mindset. And we can hope that we bring it to bring it forward, right? Um. Yeah, it was happier. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we we hear about um, like we we always talk about this whole semi final who do thing, but uh, everything we've heard from the from the team uh, right the way through is that they're not just they're not going out there just to reach semi final. That's their that's not their mindset, and that's that's really good to hear. Well, brilliant. That's brilliant, lads. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Thanks, uh, many thanks for joining me this week. Um, I'm going to hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, lads. Thanks, right, guys. Take it easy. So that's it for this week. Next up, we will, of course, be giving Ireland's match against Samoa the full harp and treatment with a preview pod on Friday, regular social media coverage throughout the match, and finally, our rap pod recording on the Sunday. As ever, be sure to keep in touch via all the usual social media channels. The links are in the program notes. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slán.